Well, today, our message is taking the limits off of God, or a limitless God. You know, it's one of those things that, which is the, which is the best title? Well, you can make up the best title after I'm done. And, pro- and it shouldn't be that, uh, those, those two guys on the Muppets, you know. <laughs> That's the worst sermon I ever had. Yeah, it is the worst sermon I had. Be back next Sunday? Yeah, be back next Sunday. <laughs> I forget the two guys, you know. They're always, what's her name? Stat- Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> Somebody knows trivia. Statler and Waldorf. They're always at the last, you know, enjoy the show? No. Be back next week? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyhow, taking the limits off of God. But to do so, we are to participate. And we're reading in Ephesians chapter 1, and I'll be doing this uh, verse by verse. So, Paul is saying this, and it is a prayer for our spiritual wisdom. He says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. So, you know the expression, if you think you can, you can, you will. If you think you can't, you you won't. Well, um, Charlotte has agreed. She was, uh, what's the word? Um, Voluntold, that's it. (laughs) Voluntold. So you can tell she's just anxious about this. So I want you to let your left arm hang there. And I want you to put your right arm out like this. Okay, you ready? I want you to stand there the whole service. No. (laughs) So, now, I want you to say, uh, I can read a book. Keep it up there. Okay, feel that? Okay. I want you to say, I can't pole vault 10 feet. <laughs> You're supposed to relax. <laughs> she don't know what I'm, what's, what am I supposed to do? Well, the challenge is that whenever you say you can, there's more of a stronger reflex. And when every time you say you can't, there's more of a weaker reflex. And so, as, go ahead and put that out there again. And you think about this, if, you know, because I, you know, I wouldn't be nervous at her age standing up here in front of everybody. <laughs> Like, well, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's just the idea that what we tell ourselves often is how we respond. And so if you say, I can't, it's generally a weaker response. Even physically, our body will respond with the way we think. Is your arm tired? <laughs> Good, maybe now it'll work. No, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So voluntold, that's, that's a new word for volunteering. So uh, we're grateful that, and as we, as we think about our faith and we think about what God is saying to us, that what we talk about and how we approach the scriptures and how we approach what the scriptures say to us has a very important aspect upon how we deal with life and how we deal with the problem. The fr- Paul says, I have, I have not stopped thanking God for you. So in, in this whole thing, I have not stopped being grateful. <laughs> That's a stronger response. It's a, it's a, a, a I'm, I'm thankful for what? I'm, well, 
I'm thankful for the difficulties. You know, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. What that means is that I am thanking God for a positive outcome, even though it doesn't look positive now. So we're looking for that whole situation. Jesus says, a new commandment I've given to you, that you love one another. So there's this spurring that this isn't me doing this, this is God. It's God helping me love, God helping me forgive, God helping me forgive myself, God helping me where I'm working, God helping me where I'm living. We're asking for God's help. Verse 17 says, Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. How many, uh, don't, have, don't raise your hand on this, but how many of us would say we're wise enough? <laughs> how many would say I know, I know all I need to know? And I, one of our members years ago used to say, don't confuse me with the facts, my mind's made up. <laughs> all right. So the challenge is, God has promised, the Lord Jesus, Paul is telling <laughs> the glorious Father, asking God, okay, backing up here, asking God for wisdom, spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom is understanding the text of the scriptures and how that God has promised to give faith to those who ask. He's promised to give wisdom, which is insight into things. He's promised to do these things. He's promised to give these things to us that you might grow in your knowledge of God. How is it that Paul, at the end of his life, is able to say, you know, I finished my course, I've, I fought a good fight, my, my, basically my life is over, I'm ready to go. I, I'm an off, I am an offering poured out for God. He's ready to die. He knows that his execution is coming. How, does he, how can he live at faith in that position? Because of all the things that he has experienced. Because of the promises that God has helped him uh, given in his life and then helped him live through to a reality. See, our life is not about just survival. Our life is about growing in our knowledge of Jesus and growing in our understanding of what the scriptures mean to us. We can talk about many promises, but if we don't have an understanding, if we don't have wisdom to see the promise brought into my life, you know, uh, I believe the word of God, but I can't do that. <laughs> That's a contradiction. And so we are believing that God is going to work all things. Th so I've got a process that I'm going through. So we have an understanding of the application of God's word to our life. Sometimes God tells us, be still and know that I am God. So don't do anything. Sometimes God says, go and do, go and tell. So we find that uh, there is a formula. We always like formulas. <laughs> we must keep in mind that there is an event, there is a response, and there is an outcome. Sounds pretty simple. It's an ERO for those of you who are short in things. ERO, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is that? Texting, you know. Uh, those abbreviations. What are some of the abbreviations? No, I don't want to know what some of them are. Uh, LOL, laugh out loud, you know, okay, that's a, that's a safe one. So ERO, event response outcome. You see, life is full of events. Life has, we have our own response to the events, which equal our outcome. Now, if we don't like the outcome, 
we need to go back to, well, let's change all the events. <laughs> Can't do that. I'm sorry, the events come and go. The weather comes and goes, and we're stuck out in the rain without an umbrella. So what are you supposed to do? I think I'll carry an umbrella. All right? Well, we had a relative that he carried an umbrella every day. And even when it rained, he had an umbrella. He never opened it up, but he had an umbrella. <laughs> but the understanding is he had an umbrella every day in case it rained. So in our life, we can be that extreme or we can just understand, well, the forecast is it could rain today, 60% rain. So what are we going to do? Take an umbrella. You know, so event response outcome. So we're looking for outcomes. What is the outcome that we want? We have an event. Now we have it when there's an outcome that we want. So now depends on response. How am I going to respond to this? How am I going to respond to a voluntold? She's not paying attention. Uh, <laughs> who, me? What? She say back there? Yeah. So how do we respond to a voluntold? Well, there are things that happen in our life we have no control over. There are things in our life that we have every, every control over. And every control over our life is us responding to the event. Ephesians 1.18. Paul says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. You see, Let's put some light on the subject. <laughs> how dark is it? How bad is it? Let's put some light on the subject. Let's put God's light on the subject that we are involved in. Let's put God's light on our life. And in that, Paul is saying that we will have a confident hope. There is a confident hope of the light shining from God on it, and so we don't have what expense, what are we wanting for an event, an outcome? We want to have a positive hope on the event, on the situation that has happened. When Abraham is called into the wilderness, he's, Abraham, get up and go to the land that I'll show you. What did he do? He had a confident expectation. He didn't know where he was going, but he obeyed God's word and he left his homeland and traveled a thousand miles about to, to the destination that God has for him. That was a long time ago. You know, camels, mules, donkeys, Walking, <laughs> you know, we'd never start off with a, you know, a, a, I would never start off on a thousand mile journey walking. I would not dream of walking to my sons. You may, but I'm not going to walk there. So God wants us so that the eyes of our understanding, you see, confident, Psalm 62, I didn't give this to you, Terry, so it's not there. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. So here we have an event. Then we have a response that the psalmist is saying. Not everything is get up and go. Some of it is wait quietly on God. Because in that waiting quietly, letting the light of God shine upon the situation, we are waiting quietly for direction from God, from the Holy Spirit, from the Word. And so let the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Notice it doesn't say, let your knowledge, let your knowing know more. <laughs> it says, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that we can see what the outcome is. 
we can see what we are anticipating. Taking the limits off of God. What is God seeing in this difficulty? What if God is the arranger of the difficulty? Whatever it is. It can be personal, it can be national, it can be you know, family, it can be, it can be any difficulty. It can be work, it can be retirement, it can be anything. So any event, and so we're looking for our understanding, the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. We are going to see what the enlightenment does and happens in our midst. You know, Abraham, 25 years he waited for the promise. And he was enlightened. <laughs> in the eyes of his understanding came to know God can do the impossible for he had a son. So often we let the environment, <laughs> we let our family background, we let other people's expectations set limits set the outcomes. We adapt or we conform to what is around us. You know, if you remember the old, the last week, the oak tree or the tree in the pot, you know, had a tree, you know, go to up to Home Depot or Lowe's, and you got, you know, have all those trees there in those pots. Well, the tree is meant to be rooted in ground, not in a pot. <laughs> where th- in the ground where its roots can spread out and where it can grow. The roots will sustain the, the tree in times of drought and in times of storm. It's easy to just fit in like everyone else. It's easy for us to just be planted in the same old pot (laughs) that everybody else is. You ever go to Lowe's and Home Depot's and see all those trees the same in the same size containers? You ever go there? Can you imagine if all the trees would start calling out, plant me, plant me, (laughs) get me out of this pot, (laughs) get me out of this container. Plant me somewhere where you can see what I'm, what I'm meant to be. And I think inside of us, it's that same thing. Plant, God wants to say for us to get the vision, get the idea that we are to be planted somewhere where we are going to be fruitful for God. And the things that we think are impossible, God wants us to see with our understanding, have our wisdom and insight placed so that we can be planted exactly where God wants us to be. And in that planting, God is going to bear fruit. So God did not create us to be planted in, in greenhouses and pots. He, he, want, uh, he wants us to be planted in life, bearing fruit for him. So what will it take us, what will it take for us or for the seed, for the tree to break forth? Will it take education? Does it take problems? Does it take opportunities? Does it take friends? Does it seemingly be being forgotten or over, overlooked? Or will it be the God moment and an aha moment? The persistence. What will it be that helps us become? You know, I look back over, uh, you know, over my life. <laughs> it's a life worth remembering. <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> you know, when did I, you know, I remember in college, the first college, um, we had a um, speech class. And I remember going into the room and everybody had to give speeches and stuff like that. And I remembered how much I hated it. You know, that was my freshman year. And I, and I didn't like standing in front of people and giving a speech, but that was part of the, the whole class, writing what you were going to say and giving a, 
30-minute dissertation. No, give me five minutes, all right? Now, in Bible school and in seminary, you had to stand up and do chapel. And chapel was you had to speak in front of all the students. And then your class got to a sheet to evaluate what your sermon was. How much it was good, inspirational. Was it biblical? Did you stay on topic? Did you fulfill the topic that you're talking about? I'm not giving those papers out. Okay, just forget it. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But at the time, you, you wonder, you know, I don't want to do this, and certainly don't want to speak, speak to my peers. So I always gave everybody good grades, so they hopefully they understood. I even signed my name at the bottom. You know, I gave you a good grade. Remember to do that for me. You owe me. No, I didn't. <laughs> you had to, the, the, it was anonymous. You didn't know who wrote what, but you got them all. And so we have barriers that are set up, barriers that are our own difficulties. Some things are set up by us. Some are set up by others. You know, I never spoke in front of people. I never sang in front of people. I sang to a tractor. A roar, you know, that's why I'm so tone deaf. But anyhow, you, you didn't sing, you didn't talk, you know, who do you talk to? Well, you talk to the cows. They don't talk back, you know? Sometimes they kick at you. I used to, my, my hand would be swollen. I would hit them so hard, but their bones were so hard, it didn't bother them, it made my hand swell up, you know? I was going to teach them a lesson, you know? Don't kick me, don't watch your head at me and knock me down. I'll teach them a lesson. Uh, uh, I learned the lesson, not them. They didn't, they didn't care one way or the other. So verse 18 says, I think this is what, I mean, this is what I'm inferring here, but I think this is what Paul meant in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. There's no dark corners. There's no darkness in our life and in our, in our ability to make decisions and make choices. The enemy of our soul would love to keep your potential from ever coming out. The enemy of our soul would love to keep you potted. <laughs> he will use small containers, bad breaks, negative comments. Um, the devil will use people and circumstances to try and keep you from believing in what God has placed inside of you. This believing what God has said can help you rise to the next level to the next level, to the next level. We're not, re, we're, not, we're not finished yet. Plateau after plateau. Why? Because we're continuing to grow in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many people have let their minds become conditioned to think they have reached their limits. What happens? I remember or I am expecting I remember, or I am expecting. And you see, we're in a position in life where we can remember those things, but I am also expecting. I am expecting God to do what he has promised, whether it was yesterday or 50 years ago. I am remembering, but I am expecting what God will do. And so we need to be thinking of breaking out, <laughs> and that we need to be thinking of expecting, going further, Adapting to life by allowing the word of God to soften our hearts, to be the hand that molds us and makes us, 
I thought of Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. It's interesting, I think, because Jeremiah knows what's going on in the potter's shop. But, you know, the, with scriptures we're talking about, I see with my wisdom and understanding. I see and I have knowledge. So God is using that with Jeremiah and telling him, you go to the potter's house, the shop there, and I will meet you there and I will tell you. I'll show you what it is you need to know. So I did, verse 3. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at the wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. It's interesting. Was the pot, was the, 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 lay, was the, the clay, was there a lump in it? Was it too stiff? Was it not pliable enough? Sometimes I think um, we're, we're already a bunch of crackpots. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but you think about your life. We're always being molded. Why? Because we're not dead yet. When you're dead, you're a corpse. <laughs> you're dead. You're stiff. That's a stiff right there, you know. Somebody who dies, call me stiff. All right, but anyhow, we're not stiff. We are pliable. Why? Because we're still thinking, we're still living, we're still moving, we're still making decisions, we're still part of our body and our life and part of our relationship with God. So we've did you ever wonder what kind of clay you were? You a hard lump of clay, you soft and pliable, you fold it up, it falls over, you can't make it work. Throw more water on it, you know, make it work pliable. Did you know, since I've been watching these, archaeologic, these archaeological discoveries and stuff, do you know how they date the times? Pottery. Everything. They look for pottery uh, on, a lay, on a layer, and the different shape of the neck of the pottery and the handle and the coloring, whether it's a, you know, a pot that goes out and just goes down to a point or it's a big round pot and has handles on it and the coloring and the neck size, all of that determines different eras of cultures and different time periods back in the, you know, where there were no written records but only on pots. <laughs> and so it's in the pottery that they are looking and, and trying to determine where these people came from, where they were living in certain time periods. Well, we find that as we see our life, we, are, we don't want to be a pot of the 60s. <laughs> That's whenever I was, you know. Or the 70s. What was in the 70s? Well, that was dancing. What is that? Disco dancing, you know. I'm a 70s. I'm a disco. Never, never mind. But anyhow, you have the different eras of music. Well, what does that relates to different people? The 40s, the 50s, the 60s, you know, all the time. Every, every decade has its own type of music. So they can look at, if it were, they would look at us, what type of music do you like? Even gospel music. 
what type of music you like will find that that's the era that you lived in. So in our, in our life, we are to break the barriers that have isolated us into a certain place. We are more than just 60s, 70s, 80s. We are eternal beings, 20s. <laughs> we are eternal beings, and we are on this progressive movement towards Jesus coming back and for his return. Ephesians 18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Then verse 19, I pray that you will understand. Okay? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. The incredible greatness of God's power that is for us who believe. The incredible power of the greatness that is for us who believe. You find that this is something we, we don't see. You know, if we can see this, Jeremiah had to go to the potter and watch the potter make the pot again to get what he was trying to tell him. He could have just said, you know, you know, Jeremiah, you know the pots, how they make Yeah, I know all that. But he had to be there to experience it. You have to be in your life to experience what God is trying to take you through. And take you through is the event, the response, the outcome. The great power, the, incredi the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. We cannot allow <laughs> the situations in life and the situations around us to change who God has made us to be. You know, <laughs> we are more than fleas. Fleas? Dog has fleas. We are more than fleas, okay? Researchers, can, I can't imagine how much they got paid for this one. <laughs> Researchers put fleas in a container that had been put, and then they put a lid on the container. The fleas immediately tried to jump out, but they hit the lid again and again. Before long, they realized they were stuck. At one point, the researcher removed the lid, but much to their surprise, the fleas then, uh, the, the fleas stopped jumping. They didn't try to get out anymore. They had hit the lid so many times, they believed even though the lid was gone, they couldn't get out. That's what happens, for, that's condition, conditional. Um, there was the other one, I, I didn't put it in this sermon, but I will now. <laughs> you know, you take a, an elephant, a, a baby elephant, you put a stake in the ground, put a chain in the on the stake, and put a, you know, around its leg, and that little elephant can't pull that stake out. You take that same elephant when it's weighing thousands of pounds, you put the chain around its leg, put a stake in the ground a foot deep, and that, that elephant won't pull it out. I mean, it, has, it can lift thousands of pounds, but it knows it can't take the stake out. But you see, you're not fleas. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you're not a dog. It's that simple. <laughs> you can learn new things. You can learn that once the top is taken off, you can jump out. Once the chain is put on, if it's only a foot deep, the elephant can pull it out. The, it, 
we are conditioned, we are told, we are <sighs> bombarded with advertisements and people and, and things telling us, telling us, they're always telling us something. Look at commercials. What are they telling you? You're not really, you can't really be comfortable in what you're driving. You've got to have this. And of course, there's a beautiful woman behind the thing. I don't know what, men, well, ladies do, you know, you know, they have men behind the wheel. I don't know. But the idea is they're always trying to sell you something and tell you something. You're not good enough. What you have is not good enough. You need this. What God is saying to us, inside of you is the seed that I planted. And the events that life are bringing, into your, in, bringing to you are events that I have put in place so that you will grow and you will have a knowledge and you will have wisdom and understanding to deal with it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, I pray you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe, which he worked in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead. This is what God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, you see what's going on here is we have listened to the lid people <laughs> and put ourselves in a container that we can't get out of. And God is saying, there's no lid on it. That's a false, that's a false ceiling. That's a false ceiling. You go out there where the tile are in the bell tower. You knock out those tiles and you've got, a, you've got a long ceiling up to the bell tower. The great power is given to every believer at the time of salvation and is always available. This great power. Paul, therefore, did not pray that God's power be given to believers. Okay? This whole thing is not about Paul saying that God's power is given to believers. He is saying that every believer would be aware of the power that it's already inside of them. He's telling us that we are to be aware of the power that is already inside of us because of Jesus Christ. This power is not just available to us, it's already in there. The seed that is going to make the oak tree is in there. Now there are pots, <laughs> then containers, that's where we find our surroundings, our thinking, our families, what people have told us, all those types of things, and they're the lid on our container. Well, God is saying, take that tree, take that plant, put it by the streams of living water. Allow the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God to work in your life. Verse 21, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. The power that works in you is greater than any power or authority in the world. God put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. All of this is in place for our benefit. It's all there. It's all here in the word. It's all here inside of us. It's all here that God is at work in us. And we find that in Christ. From the whole body, joint and knit together, 
that what every joint supplies. We find that as the body functions and works together, so it all comes together to give us the strength. And finally, so why would it be important to take the limits off God? Why would it be important for us to have a correct mindset? Verse 23, and the church is his body. (laughs) You're not your own. You are not your own. You're his. You belong to God. You are his body here on earth. You are God's expression to the world around you. They are not your limiter. God is your provider. God is the one who is telling us, you are mine, and I have made an agreement with you that what I have is yours. Do you believe? Do we believe and allow God to reform those thoughts in us that have kept us limited, that have kept us isolated? (laughs) And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. God fills you to every capacity because you are his. So God is everywhere present. God is with us in every situation. You are in Christ. You are complete. You are set for a divine purpose. And if we line ourselves up at Home Depot and Lowe's and see ourselves as a tree in a pot, we're not what God has created us to be. I am renewed. All things are possible. The hand of God will shape my life. The power of God will keep me. The wisdom of God gives me understanding. The knowledge of God anchors my life. God has not limited us, but he he can move heaven and earth for our prayers. God is with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He empowers us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God, help me take the limits off. Help me move away from my potted plant and let me become anchored in the soil of faith because you are the vine and I am the branch. I want to be anchored in you. Amen? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for hearing our prayers. We thank you for helping us see beyond our own limits. And God, that we would take the limits off of you. We pray that, Lord, you open our eyes. <laughs> let, us, let the wisdom of your word and your spirit be upon our minds and hearts because we are your servants here to complete your will. We ask you for guidance, understanding, knowledge, but most of all, faith to move forward with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Take the limits off. (laughs) Amen? Amen, except when you're on the four-lane driving down the highway over the weekend. (laughs) 